0: Benedict Finnema was 53 years old and like many Norwegians, she loved her sport, enjoyed everything about keeping fit and being an athlete. Then came a skiing accident in 2016 that would have a huge impact on her life. As she lay in hospital and then in the long hours of rehab before later deciding to have her leg amputated, Benedict was able to first cope and then take a positive view for the future by focusing on three things, her golf, her love of kayaking at sea, and a treasured friend called Ollie. To recover from such injuries and the trauma of shattering her leg, Benedict has shown a personal resilience first discovered during a difficult childhood. Added to this was the realization that ultimately, learning to live without a leg is an intense personal challenge. It's down to you, when you're ready. However, she's also discovered, helped by her family, she has a daughter called Catherine, and her friends in the sport of golf, that you don't need to do this all alone. Benedict has found a brother and sisterhood in golf, and it's one she loves. Her story has some dark times, but after darkness, so often comes light. We're talking to Benedict in the literally dark days of winter, in her home city of Oslo, and how good it is on a freezing day outside to find her playing golf in her regular group, indoors in the warm, at the top golf venue that is part of the facility at her club, Nodhag Golf Club. Here, once a week, the Norwegian Golf Federation runs GGG, which translates as Golf Green Happiness. Benedict volunteers as a team leader for this scheme and she's also on the board for her golf club. When we speak, the GGG Group has been playing some of the world's most famous golf holes on simulators together. Today, Benedict also volunteers in support of a national activity project for amputees called Momentum and also a group supporting people with disability in the sport of kayaking. Benedict tells us that volunteering gives her added drive, and at the same time, she is putting something back into the golfing community which has served her so well. Benedict was a golfer already before the accident. She started playing 15 years ago. Well,
1: it all started in 2007. Um, I was dating this guy that was very into golf, and I thought, okay, well, I might as well try it. And of course, like very many, a lot of people, I was uh, hooked by like instant, instantly. Yeah. So we played a lot. I kind of, I didn't quit, but it got less and less go for me uh, due to work and my career and family situation. And In 2016, I was, unfortunately, in an alpine skiing accident. From that, I have lost my left leg. So I was badly injured. I spent three months in hospital on my back. And they tried like 12 or 13 different surgeries. Um, I've been in and out of rehab centers. And my only thought was to be able to walk again. And on my list, on my way back to life, there were three things. First was actually walking the dog. The second was, of course, playing golf. And the third was getting back
0: into my kayak. Skiing can be exhilarating, but as soon as you're not in control, it's one of the most dangerous of all sports.
1: I knew immediately because I hit a tree. So my whole left side was smashed into pieces. And actually, you can feel that. It's a bad thing. You just knew. It's uh, like in, uh, this is what we humans, we, we do have this uh, sense. And um, I just knew immediately. And then I got this really bad taste in my mouth, and it turns out to be blood. Um, it was a hard hit, actually. Um, and uh, I didn't have much speed. I had a little bit of speed. Um, And I just knew that this is it, it's over. I'm in a very bad place. I can't move and uh, I can't feel my leg. But I I was never scared. I was just uh, trying to stay awake. Fortunately, the girl I was staying with is a doctor. And she was working in the ER (laughs) in one of the hospitals in Oslo. So she saw everything and she tried to do the best she could, but we were way up in the terrain. So when the ambulance finally came, um, they couldn't reach us. So we had to call the ski patrol. And from there, it was a pretty quick ride down to um, the ER at the ski center. Uh, but it was very painful. and. Um, I just remember they tried to take off my boots and the tore off my clothes and tried to, you know, keep me conscious. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. But I did know the <laughs> instant moment that it was bad.
0: The accident was in 2016, but she decided to have an elective amputation of her left leg in 2019.
1: Finally, my leg died. I was actually on the golf course, though. Um, I just had to realise that I'm going to lose it, and I did. And it's way better to be an amputee rather than have a leg. That didn't work at all.
0: Benedict said the orthopaedic surgeons at the University Hospital in Oslo were excellent. Her multiple surgeries all came with extensive rehab, walking, trying golf a hugely difficult, but sometimes hopeful time.
1: Very painful. I lost a lot of weight, but I still had my humour and uh, my daughter and of course my family, they have been very supportive. And uh, in the end, I realised that I cannot just walk around and feel sorry for myself. I need to actually get this right and do this job myself not rely on anyone and um, they gave me this psychology and he said you have to actually do this yourself you have to set a plan set a goal follow the plan in order to reach your goal and you have to take it from there so what is the first thing that pops into your mind what is the very number one thing you really want to do and then again
0: golf the resilience she was able to summon in part came from tough times earlier in her childhood.
1: Well, this is a really sad thing to say, but we didn't have the best childhood ever. So we learned this very early, my brother and me, to take care of ourselves. So we did. And um, even though you you get a lot of help when you're a child, uh, we just figured out that we had to fight for ourselves. and. Um, Since we had each other, it was easier, and we had other family members that took care of us and got us all into different sports. I just learned to take care of myself because if I didn't do that, who would? And so this was my responsibility. I was 12 when I was basically alone in many situations, and that made me a strong person. Uh, It'd been, of course, uh, ups and downs, especially after the accident, I was in a very dark place for nearly a year. But it is, I think that we all have the willpower in us, but it needs to be waken up. Willpower is the largest muscle in a human body. And you just have to wake it. So when that's awake, you will manage to do things that you never believed that you actually could but it's about pushing yourself. I mean, I've always done this. I've been pushing myself, sometimes not uh, very smart. But uh, most of the times I have reached my goals and it is painful also. But if you don't mind the pain, it's OK.
0: We draw strength from life experiences and sometimes one person or even one animal can help you.
1: His name is Ollie. He is a 12-year-old He's a twelve-year-old bearded collie. actually British. He was six years old when the accident um, happened. He was very well fit, like me, because we were, you know, doing everything together. Um, we were, you know, hiking, um, skiing, cross-country, everything. Well, I couldn't take care of him the first six months, so he was with my uh, my ex boyfriend and my daughter. And uh, he's like most of my heart. I mean, this dog is my heart actually. So I just wanted to do everything I could to manage to take care of him the best I could, and of course walk him because I used used to walk him like 20k every day, but now we are actually on 10k every day. Yes, I was very into like every sport, sports been my life. That's the only thing I have cared about was sports. I've been in different sports. I've been uh, an athlete in my younger days. Um For me, it's all about keeping your body fit, your mind fit, being healthy, having fun, doing something that you really love. Kayaking is meditation. It's uh, really a meditation. And uh, I'm very lucky because I was asked not very many months ago to join the national um, kayak uh, or paddling association in Norway, to join them and Oslo kayak club to start with an accessible program for wheelchairs and other disabled. So I did, and we have now built a really nice program. So any person with disabilities that want to kayak with us is welcome. And uh, finally this summer, a really big celebration because I managed to get up on the stand up uh, paddleboard.
0: Why does Benedict kayak?
1: It's silent. It's silent on the sea. It's uh, refreshing. Uh, we always um, kayak uh, with others. So I have a um, kayak buddy. So we plan our trips and we like kayak for one hour, one hour and a half, and then back to the clubhouse. And we're doing this just to support each other and to have a meditation session uh, on the sea where we we are paddling next to each other and we don't say anything. We just listen to the nature, looking at the birds. You you, you get another kind of awareness when you're Mm. out there because it's so calm.
0: Benedict has a similar sense of deep satisfaction with golf, where the love of nature is there, testing yourself to improve, but also being part of a group of like-minded golfers.
1: Because golf has always been a sport for me that actually does something really positive to, well, to your body and, and soul and mind. You have to do it. I mean, you have to play golf with a purpose. I mean, you have to do it with a purpose, at least in my world, because I am quite a competitive person. When Norwegian Golf Association actually gave me a um, place in the Paragolf group, I just had to grab that opportunity and start on scratch again. And exactly the same thing happened. I got like... Uh, the most maniac golf player ever and we've been on tournaments we are around uh, having special training days we have our own coach and uh, it's just being social and being part of a very important group of people and we are all disabled and we're actually doing something for each other we're supporting each other we're learning from each other And we just have a really good time and we know each other. So it's about safety and feeling that you belong in a good group. When I'm driving to the club and I I just go in there and get my bag, I'm in a different zone. I feel like I'm kind of home because you cannot do this on your own. You have to have people with you. And my club is very supportive. It's very important when you, or for most people, I guess, to have a place where you belong, where you feel you belong. And for me, that's been uh, healthy and without any disabilities for 53 years. And when I found myself disabled, not being able to do most of the things I loved, um, it's really, really nice to have a place you feel you belong and that you can be part of a group. And we are in the same boat and we all just love to play golf. And it's just amazing being part of that.
0: For Benedict, looking ahead means more Edgar competitive tournaments at home and abroad. She'd love to play in Scotland. Benedict says she owes a great deal to her coach, Mark Davis, a PGA advanced professional. And she says without him, she'd be lost as she seeks to lower her golf handicap. She believes that coach and student have both learned a great deal together in how to build a good game for an amputee golfer. From the mechanics of the swing and balance to how she has to learn technique when she is actually very tired. Benedict is also highly grateful to Edgar Head of Development, Mark Taylor, who supported her and other golfers with disability on a recent trip to Oslo. She wanted to thank Mark and heralds him as an amazing coach.
1: After the accident, um, I was tired a lot. So you had to like repeat the thing 10 times uh, before I really got it. And my uh, concentration is still not very good. But when they, sh- when they show you something uh, physically, they show you how to do stuff. And they take and they use time on you for you to be better. I mean, that's it. It's very, very good. So I'm actually able now to remember the advices and remember what I'm, what they're trying to teach me. But uh, it has been times where I've been exhausted by just being out on the golf course, playing four holes, even though I do have a golf cart. But but if you have something stuck in your head, that will definitely come in your way. So you just have to get past that and try to um, focus on the physical thing.
0: We asked Benedict what advice she might give to a person who's been through a similar set of challenges after accident or illness. In offering this, she also points to her work with Momentum, which supports amputees and visits hospitals and clinics to encourage patients to try sports and hobbies.
1: First of all, they need to reach out when they're ready. That is very important, they need to be ready. Well, just to say that, I am in an amputee organization called Momentum. We are 800 uh, members, we're all amputees. And we're a very active um, group here in Oslo. And uh, 15 of us are trained also to do exactly that. we can get called up from a hospital or a place and be asked to visit this and that person because uh, they have a lot of questions being newly amputees. But then have to, they have to want that themselves. It mustn't be because of their father or their brother or whatever fiance, wife wants it. They have to want it for themselves. And when they do that, that's when you can speak with them. You need to let them ask all kinds of questions. And you need to recognize that this person is maybe in shock. Because it is quite traumatic to wake up and you have, oh, I lost 25% of my body. Okay, I mean, that is a shock for most people. So um, they need time to get around to it. And when I speak with newly amputees, I'm very cautious of the fact that they need to be the one to ask all the questions but they don't know which questions to ask so you have to lead them into different paths and it's all about activities and if they can walk again and all that that's when we come up with different uh, choices like well you can what did you used to do? Isn't that okay? You have to bury your uh, last life, your past life, and you have to focus on your new life and you have to design a new life. And in that life, you need to decide whether it's going to be good or not. And if you want it to be good, you have to make a plan. And then we can recommend like three or four activities. And golf is one of them. And golf is also on one of the rehab centers uh, close to where I live. Part of the of the of the rehab plan because it is about mental health as well it's mental health this is an activity you're out it's beautiful on a golf course I mean you cannot say that a golf course is not beautiful it is beautiful you're outside you're in the nature and you can hit the ball or not or just be there but still it's uh, you're doing a very very Nice activity with other people, and they're not all uh, professionals. Most of us are not. I mean, most of us play golf because we think it's fun. So it's the fun thing that you need to focus on. It can be disabled, amputees, whatever. It's mastering golf that really takes them forward, and this is what we know for a fact. This is mental health and physical health in one in one term. It's very important. This. This is. I'm doing this voluntarily, um, going around to clubs, talking about this because it's very important. All they need to do is to send out an email, come to us, try golf, be here. And if they can't be in this club, go to the other club.
0: Benedict's kayak, her golf, and volunteering, her friends, her dog, and her considerable willpower have all helped her to turn the dark days into light.